my name is Brian. My name is Anna. And this is the Amata World Podcast. We're here with episode three, where we'll be talking about AI. Just a little intro to what we do. So we're a small startup and we're focused on creating real-world augmented reality experiences, trying to encourage people to do stuff outdoors. That's pretty much us. So how do you understand AI? Me. Well, AI, I guess uh, AI stands for artificial intelligence. And my understanding of artificial intelligence is, how do I describe it? Computers that can make decisions themselves. So being able to perform tasks without human input and try and be as much as possible autonomous in a way. So I think there are definitions for how, how you can define true intelligence, like the Turing test. There's a famous test during this. It's I think it's like a collection of uh, you know questions just to test an artificial intelligence general ability to answer questions. I suppose that's typically what's been used to measure how you know the level of artificial intelligence in a general purpose AI. But there are different kinds of. I think nowadays AI is being used for much wider applications. There's you know, we're, we have a lot more specialized AI, AI that's meant to solve very specific problems, uh, like, uh, they say, okay, like, uh, you know, fixing, making changes to video, mm-hmm. like performing uh, optimizations on the graphics, etc. generating art. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are using, uh, recommendation systems such as YouTube. Amazon, Netflix. So it's basically AI, web search, mm-hmm. Google search. So all of us using that on an everyday basis. And some of us using Siri and Alexa. So people could have heard that for the, like when AI can understand human speech. And as well, what's coming up, it's self-driving cars. From the things I found uh, that the AI research was basically born in at some workshop at Dartmouth College in 1956. And after that, uh, like 50s, 60s, and in 60s, DARPA started uh, showing the interest. So it's the Department of Defense. In 70s, uh, there was like AI winter, not enough funding, and basically it's reduced the research possibilities in the AI field. So it's basically kind of slowed it down. So what actually got them out of the winter? Uh, I think, oh, what was that? Uh, maybe it was one example that in early ages, AI research was revived by a commercial success. I think it was, was not only that. There was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from the academic side, a lot of what early AI algorithms they were relying a lot on so the outdated methods now uh, i can't remember what the actual methods were but it was i think just at the end of the the yeah i went to where someone started to successfully apply the idea of neural neural networks i believe cool. that's when yeah. things really started to take off and then people were starting to you know innovate on top of that and coming up with new research but i think as well additional thing that helped to get out from the this AI winter computer like they became 
better, let's say, like in the 80s and 90s. That's that's typical of a lot of technologies. It just takes a while to you know really take off, and once hardware and software catches up, you know, and start to see real applications. And nowadays, it's almost ubiquitous in our daily lives. It's interesting, like the 90s as well, that kind of restored the the reputation. And in 1997, Blue Dip became the first computer uh, at chess playing, who managed to beat Gary Kasparov. And after just like 2011, IBM Watson, Jeopardy quiz show, so defeated two greatest Jeopardy champions in 2011, IBM Watson. So it was kind of interesting. And as well, five years after that, AlphaGo won four out of five games of Go, and Go is really complicated. I think the next big thing was. Um, in 2020, then NLP, Natural Language Processing, actually, uh, it's connected to GPT, mm-hmm. and GPT-3. I think, yeah, t- right now we had heard a lot about chat GPT, but GPT stands for, I'm, I was just trying to know the meaning, okay. Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. So it's basically like a language model that uses deep learning to produce text, like okay. which will sound like was written by human yeah so but it's it was mostly focused on the text uh, and the author is like open AI. so yeah in 2020 oh that was the year that's true i think i heard that describe it as like an ai that's basically trained to fill in the blanks if you give it some words it can fill the blanks and it's obviously taken to an, an extreme or it can actually answer questions mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's kind of what it's good at doing but yeah, it's it's just a trend of like NLP, natural language processing trend that they, I think it was, yeah, 2010, 2020, between mm-hmm. that was pretty popular. And then now we're here today where ChatGPT is taking over the world. That's what it says. Have you tried GPT yourself? Kind of played it with a friend. Uh, I think it's just like we even tried to create some kind of games. So basically, it all came up with a game where you need to do so, and after ChatGPT describes the the whole process, okay. how to play it. But yeah, and I think it's just like after that, you can ask like, oh, can you draw like a scheme or something? How how to do that? Like, what could be the steps? Just like try to explain. Okay, now show how to play that game. So we just read it and and i think play a little bit with the code so basically just like can you create this algorithm and and just explaining what it does and um i think i heard a lot of stories about uh, writing like a script or a story um i think one writer i think i heard on another podcast he basically is trying to create some small stories for families with kids to go out and pick up trash. Mm-hmm. So in order to make it more interesting as a game, he's creating, he's asking chat GPT, please create a story about a sloth and someone else and connect it to the forest and river, river and some trash around that. And it creates a story just for for kids kind of to read 
So, and after when they're going outside and they see the, the trash, it's actually could be like a treasure hunt, but like on in, yeah, trash hunt. Right. Wow. That's really crazy. And yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are concerned about these days, how AI is getting so good now that it's almost taking away some of the creativity from humans. Like you, like you, when you tried ChatGPT, you may manage to make like, you know, an idea for a game. You asked it to build a game based on something. And you, when you talked about the kid making a story around that. Now this used to be the jobs of like authors and I guess, yeah, creative. Yeah. But you can look at that from the different perspectives. So for example, previously it was possible only for certain type of people to be able to pay uh, to author or someone else, uh, like a different artist, like a higher price. And they were not able to, but if that will reduce the price. But at the same time, I know they're just like, they need to solve the issue of royalties. So for example, if that piece of IP has been used, maybe it will be smaller, but it will be more frequent because the more people will use it. For example, mm -hmm. if uh, you and your grandparents can create a story about like some of the bits that connected to you, so it will be just for you and your family, let's say. Yeah. And more people can do that because it's much, much easier. But yeah, the issue is that they need to kind of trace which IP has been used and just re redistribute the percentage throughout the whole pool. Um, but the amount will not be as big as previously, but it will be more often. So like a bigger pie, let's say. Um, smaller piece, but of a bigger pie. So it could be as a sum adds up to the same amount of money, probably, hopefully, I don't know. But maybe I think it could actually increase the creativity because it will be a bigger pool of people who will try different bits. Previously, they were not able to, but now it's just like, oh, what if? Because a lot of people are creative. We, we just, some of us, we don't have a specific, not knowledge, but we can't create 3D models. Mm -hmm. by ourselves but if we wanted to create a game and now we will be able to what was the startup i think it was scenario they actually are building uh, like a platform for images and 2d assets for for the games uh, so you can basically create a game with some of the uh, like assets but previously we were not able to because it was too expensive. But now maybe there will be more games, more stories, more movies. Uh, but they will be specific to a certain part, like a group of people. The thing is right now is just the royalties payment. If the artists, they their work being used, that should be rewarded um, in, in order to kind of like teach the AI, yeah, AI how to do uh, certain bits, certain images, like artists, photographers, anyone. Uh, it's just maybe there will be a merge of Web3 and AI and just the like blockchain tracing in terms of like who will get the royalties if you, if you get the images, so it goes back. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Mm. Wow, yeah, I think that's still a big problem that people are trying to solve these days, is it? right uh, for ai 
especially I think AI we're probably talking about is mostly the gen image generating AIs like stable diffusion, diffusion mid journey. journey. So those those three main ones, I think they've been the subject of a lot of attention recently because artists have been claiming, oh, you know, these AI were trained by using the work that is publicly available. But, you know, publicly available does not mean they're giving all the rights to everyone. So mm. that's that's probably where a lot of this is com uh, coming from. And obviously the company is commercializing the product. Dolly is not completely free. There is a free tier, but, you know, you can't use it forever. There's also commercial um, different uh, packages aimed at different businesses. So they're making money off it. Mm. Well, probably not as much money as they're spending on actually maintaining the thing, but still it is a commercial product so but we just need to understand that ai is just a tool how we use it and yeah the problem is for the artist is not that there is additional tool it's just they are not being rewarded that's the problem that someone is using their work without asking their permission and say yeah but um ai being even like pfizer we, we probably all of us uh -huh. heard <laughs> vaccine, COVID, everything. So Pfizer used AI for like predictions and model in order to make it easier to create drugs. So yeah, but basically they use machine learning. Yeah. AI is not a bad thing. It's just like how we use it. Yeah, for sure. I think back to the point where you said how it's increasing creativity. I think new breeds of artists are coming from, you know, all these different tools there's been lots of um, um, artists that try to specialize in using ai to build some kind of artwork so you know a lot of people some people say you know there's a lot of work behind actually uh, trying to engineer the prompts themselves to make sure it comes out the way you want and there's a lot of touching up you need to do to the artwork after that i think there was a famous example one ai generated art won an art competition somewhere in the States and yeah, the artwork was basically generated by AI, but it wasn't, you know, straight from Dolly or whatever that artists use. Even after the art was generated, it was basically kind of like the foundation where the artist started mm -hmm. work on it. And he said, so it's basically he, the, like a skeleton and after yeah. you can put everything around. Exactly. It. So he said he spent about another 80 hours working on the piece just to, you know, make sure everything is perfect because yeah, there are. A lot of telltale signs of using Dolly on to make stuff. Particularly, one of the most noticeable one is fingers. The number of fingers on people tend to be more than five, so mm -hmm. it looks a lot very unnatural. So artists do need to do a lot of cleaning up for it to actually become like um, oh, something presentable, as yeah. you say. But yeah, as we have seen a lot of posting and I think on LinkedIn that AI will not steal your job. The person who will use AI will. So yes, we just need to learn new bits. And I think it's just like if like going back to maybe it will be uh, like, you know, handmade stuff right now. There will still be some artists who will do like it's just only human generated. So it's, it will be really precious and more expensive. So it will be like a luxury item. Yeah, it's I think it's and it's a field that's only going to grow, especially with the recent interest. Now bring it to mainstream, like in using ChatGPT and image generation. I think there's a lot of interesting things coming out. I think Google, Facebook, 
and Microsoft have their own version of video generating software now. Basically, you pass it a bunch of assets and you say, oh, I'm going to create a marketing video for this product. And then mm -hmm. just spit something out. And, you know, that could be really helpful for lots, I don't know, small businesses. They even may not have the resources to hire a professional videographer or someone who can create a, a real video. So, yeah, I think that's... A lot of yeah, worries. And I think like some people are worrying that in terms of the creativity, what can actually... Some people say that because it's trained on just a certain amount of data, what you're asking will give you the same kind of answer for different people. But I thought just because we are very creative, we are asking for a certain bit at the very beginning that can actually change the outcome of mm -hmm. like what AI will give you. So I don't know. Yeah, so I think that's probably what the nuances behind what they call prompt engineering mm -hmm. is really. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a very polarizing topic. There's a lot of hatred towards it. I think fear uh, people losing, fear, yeah. losing their work to it. I think there was recently uh, a slightly controversial scenario where an artist, his, his actual art is very good, but they said he was banned from certain online forums for posting art because it looked too close to my generated art, even though oh, really? that's his original style. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of people yeah, are trying to some kind of tracking there, just like this is produced for a person or like something behind the, I don't know, probably like WebPre could help that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. That's another startup problem, problem that a startup could solve. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, what else? Oh, yeah, about the lawsuit. I think some people, well, like from some of the podcasts I heard, that uh, so basically that they're not using, they're not storing the images. But I think I heard at some place that the Getty images, they on some of the images they have a watermark. So AI started producing something close to the watermark on the images. So it's kind of show that they actually using the Getty images just because of that. I, I will need to find it and maybe we can link it later to yeah. this podcast. But yeah, there was something about like that that actually recreates the watermark on, uh -huh. on the new piece of art. So, wow. Okay. Um, because they, yeah, yeah it, it was not just, maybe it was just moving so quickly, so fast. That's the reason why they didn't sort it out and didn't think of like even the watermarks. But I think from now on, people will be more careful with who are actually doing the AI startups and companies. Um, yeah, I think there, there's there's been multiple lawsuits launched against a lot of these companies. Uh, a lot of them mostly based in the States. And yeah, I think we're just going to... Some of them like in UK as well. Okay. Because I heard there are just some bits in States like... Because we have different, different yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we need to, you know, understand what is the outcome coming from that. But the likely scenario is, you know, there's there's going to be some leeway to allow these AI companies to um, continue doing their work because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful innovation. I think it's going to change the lives of a lot of people. And they're not going to be able to completely shut it down. So, oh, well, it's going it's going mostly going to be how they compensate the artists. But I think the AI is still going to be around. So, yeah. 
image like yeah stable diffusion mid-journey dolly or the, at least the, the ai behind it is not going to go away anytime soon even for the github what was the name copilot copilot yeah i think this was already they they're considering yeah. it so yeah it, it takes a long time to get through to maybe we need it. to explain what was it with the github so uh copilot it was basically it was marketed as a companion for helping developers write software because typically developers when they're writing software they tend to use a lot of resources online particularly stack overflow and a lot of it is really you know oh could you remind me how to write this you know little function and copilot was supposed to do that by training itself basically all the you know, code that it exists in GitHub, which is a popular source code hosting platform. So people put a lot of their software projects on it. Um, some of them not necessarily what they want to be trained on an AI for. Those are you know working software that runs in businesses, systems, projects, games, all kinds of different software. Uh, and yeah, so. The, the lawsuit was basically um, this AI was trained on source code regardless of the license because usually these projects will always have license attached to it. Uh, they will be one way or another describing how the, the code can be used. There's lots of permissive ones. Software developers are quite happy with sharing their code, but not everyone is. So this is basically a lawsuit against that, that people believe that their code was being used to train AI even though they did not intend for it to be shared in any way basically yeah but yeah i think like this monday uh, i've seen the news that microsoft is investing 10 billion in open ai mm -hmm. and chat dvd yep. so because, uh, for it. yeah they they want to integrate it more into their products and google is also a little panicking a little bit because they issued what they call a code red in their organization so they're trying to divert more resources into ai so that they can start to commercialize the product because a lot of people are saying, you know, chat GPT is the Google, the Google killer. Because why would you try and search for something when you can just ask an AI and yeah. it'll give you a pretty decent answer. Obviously there are lots of issues with chat GPT right now. It's very good at producing convincing answers, but not necessarily right. So that's kind of the angle that Google's trying to take. They said they have you know, internally, they have an AI that does something similar but they want to make sure it can be reliable and not mm -hmm. just spewing stuff that is convincing i think that's why back to the whole software example stack overflow has banned any use of ai generated answers because they say it produces answers that are that looks very convincing so the people who are looking for answers typically they don't quite understand and they say oh this looks about right mm -hmm. but i said lots of experts are saying no this is actually um, a little bit wrong if you try and do it this way there's a lot of problems etc so it's it's it can be very misleading so they've decided to ban it because it's starting to mislead too many people mm -hmm. right so yeah well, the AI still has a way to go, but um, it's crazy what's happened in the past few years. But who knows, maybe there will be another AI winter again. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> like don't a hype, and after it's so. just like, okay, we get got used to that, and after there is additional hype. I don't think it's going to go into winter anymore. It's going to be 
uh, more like an everyday thing. I think it's just going to be, we are just going to learn to accept it into society as part of. No, no, no. I mean, it's just like the hype die out because we will get used to that. Oh, yeah. It was like, and there will be additional step of something new, even like, wow, we haven't thought about that. Yeah. This is so cool. I wouldn't call that winter. That's kind of. There'll still be a lot of interest in it, but it's just that people, yeah, get used to it. Innovation stagnates. I think that's probably typical. Yeah, I just realized we should have opened our podcast with AI-generated voice. We can use it. Yeah, one, one day we'll produce enough episodes that we can tell the AI, can you just generate the next episode for us? But to be fair, we've used, was it Dolly? Oh, yeah. Dolly yeah. for... The, the cover art of the yeah. you know podcast. So in case no guilty, anyone's left the watermark there. So I think yeah. it's kind of very obvious that this was generated by AI. But yeah, it's um really interesting to see what's going to happen in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. And this year is going to be another pivotal year for AI. I don't know what's going to happen after ChatGPT and yeah. Generate the image generation AIs. What's next? Will video become a thing? I know they're actually looking at generating things like 3D models. So mm -hmm. I think what you're talking about with scenario, generating game assets and things, because those are typically very specialized fields. You need, you know, very, it's difficult to find an artist that can work with that kind of media. And if you can just generate it, you know, uh, using text prompts, that's gonna, gonna change things. What else could be, could we generate with AI? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of on on different. It's not only images, 3D assets. I think Beethoven, like Beethoven. Oh, but yeah. he, music. How, it sounds like Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> but so it creates unique royalty free music that mm -hmm. you can use for your story. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Running out of time again. Yeah, about time we should wrap up. Yeah, so this was a very nice conversation. Yeah, AI. we want to thank Gervation for making it possible. Gervation Hub. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's a nice co-working space based in London around the Barbican Farringdon area. It's mostly here to support startups in geotech and prop tech, but a lot of these startups do use AI, AI in their uh, services. So, so All right. thank you. See you in the next episode. See you around. Bye. Bye.